It's Lights, Camera, Jackson. This is the LCJ Q&A podcast. You can also read these interviews at animationscoop.com. One of the first big animated movies of 2024 debuts this Friday, February 2nd on Netflix. It's DreamWorks Orion and the Dark. Joining me, director Sean Charmatz and producer Peter McCown. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Congratulations on the movie. And Sean, for you, this is your feature directorial debut about fifth grader Orion meeting Dark. It is an epic story. First, how did you want to sort of present their evolving relationship in this movie? I wanted to present it in an authentic way that felt um, honest and true. And uh, we tried really hard to do that. I think we did it. I think you did it, too. I think you did a terrific job. I love the dynamic between the two characters. And, Peter, I love the sweeping cinematic nature of it all as Dark takes Orion around the world to show him the good of the world. And then they encounter some bad, but the good of the world. What do you love about the sweeping nature that this movie has? Yeah, I think that was really important to us. We wanted to uh, have it global, right? He's got to travel literally. They both have to go around the entire world, and they're going to visit different points in the world and it was really cool to us to be able to go to i think at one point we're crossing the great lakes and we go on santa monica pier and then we're in we're in hawaii for a beat and we go and we you know as the night moves around the world how do we represent these individuals uh without having to build the entire world in animation that's tough to do so we came up with really kind of creative and economical you know, using digimats or using paintings a lot and leaning sets, and, like yeah, parts of the set, little parts of the sets, you know, not having to build up full sets to be able to achieve kind of going to all these different locations. But I think what allowed us to do that was the stylization of this film from the get go, which we wanted to feel painterly, we wanted it to feel raw, we wanted to borrow some from Emma Yarlett's book and the watercolors. And so, using that to our advantage. I think really pay dividends in the fact that we could go around the globe and visit all these different locations. Yep. Yeah, it, it's so cool. And what blew me away at the beginning of the movie is this narration monologue that Orion has about fears and about life and about what he's going through. I think it is going to speak to people of all ages. Sean, how did you want to kind of showcase, okay, these are the fears that... Orion has, but also a lot of real fears and real challenges that a lot of people are facing right now in their lives. Yeah, I mean, luckily so much of it was in the script already from Charlie, and Charlie is such a brilliant writer and artist and and character creator that um, I felt like it was already there. And I was, in terms of like how to handle Orion, and I was just like there to make sure that it we carried it through but again the the honest answer is just that i wanted it to feel real and genuine and that we're he's a real kid with real anxieties with real fears we we kind of at one point went too far with him feeling like he's too character caricatured and and like he had like velcro shoes and like a fanny pack and it felt like that's too far that's not a like a kid that everyone's going to relate to so relatability for the kid was like something we said almost every day at the beginning yeah yeah you do a fantastic job with that and peter charlie kaufman is 
a very inventive guy, a creative guy. Obviously did uh, Anomalisa for the animated film uh, close to a decade ago and adapts Emma Yarlett's book. He's got guts. I mean, you, t- you all have guts when it comes to what you present in this movie, a lot of which we cannot talk about because we cannot give away spoilers. But, but what amazes you about the guts that Charlie Kaufman has with this script? What I love the most about, and we're, we, Sean and I are just huge fans of, of Charlie, and like, you know, I tell people I studied him for a semester in film school, like, and I'm just like obsessed. I just love his work, and he breaks convention, you know, and he, he doesn't tell a story as you, at least an animated story, that you would expect structurally. And, and that can be uncomfortable for some viewers for a minute, but then it kind of pulls it together. And I, I love that. I love that he bucks kind of tradition and he takes you on these journeys that you're kind of at some point wondering where it's going to take you. And then when it resolves, it's extremely satisfying. And I think, you know, we kept saying it while we we're making it. We're probably never going to be able to work on a script like this again because it doesn't follow that traditional structure that we're so used to being kind of conformed to, I guess. He's such a great artist, and he does him so well and bravely. Often those kind of scripts don't get to to us at DreamWorks. (laughs) You know, those artists don't get to be a part of this this sort of animated industry because... There's the focus is like four quadrant and all those things, but luckily we're able to just do make this film pretty pretty purely like Charlie wrote it. I, I yeah, and it took guts for, honestly from from DreamWorks executives and Margie Cohen and, yes. and Netflix executives to say we're, we're going to do this. We want to make this film this way, and and allowing us to do that and and embracing it was really cool and cheering us on and crying you know tears yeah. we saw tears from executives at screenings yeah, and like the the um, support was really helpful in terms of be having to be brave because the executives definitely made us feel like they believed in the film Ooh, that's nice. Sean and Peter are here with me on the LCJ Q&A podcast. DreamWorks Orion and the Dark is on Netflix this Friday, February 2nd. Sean, the characters in the film are so vibrant. What went into the designs of them as well as dark? There are a lot of uh, ways you could have interpreted his look. What went into to some of these characters? Well, there was some description in the, in the script from Charlie, which was a great starting point. Um, he said something about an inky black cloak. In, in the script. So I think that my mind went to like a, a Grim Reaper type of character. And then with the help of uh, a, an amazing designer named Joe Pitt and our, um, our production designer, Tim Lamb, they kind of uh, explored Dark from like the Grim Reaper point of view. And then in terms of the other entities, I think that... Um, it was just them being amazing designers and 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 thinkers and and Peter and I just reacting really excitedly to just brilliant work that was coming from our team. Yeah, and I think being able to play in that world of of crafting a story and knowing that that a lot of what we see is being crafted by the characters that we're following in the film, how can you layer that in with what we've seen? And so some of the things you know, there's little Easter eggs if you go in and you watch it of, 
hey, this part of this set or this character's experience translates into maybe one of the entities because they maybe have born this character out of their imagination. Yeah, the idea that the story is being made up in the room, we thought that it'd be cool if like the imagination is, is uh, you know, is, I always say the movie name wrong, Usual Suspects, is that it? Yeah. You know, when you're, you realize at the end that all of it was just made up from the wall that was behind the detective, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like we wanted that a little bit in our movie. Like Dreams, if you look around in Hypatia's room, Dreams is based on um, this light thing that emanates in her room. And there's other objects in Hypatia's room that are basically like what inspired the ent- entities. Yeah, it's, it's such a cool film in so many different levels. And it's also fun for animation fans to get to listen to Jacob Tremblay, who's been in a bunch of projects in the last few years, just knock it out of the park again here as a riot. And Paul Walter Hauser, who just won an Emmy for Blackbird and is one of the most fascinating actors working in the business today. Peter, what do you love about the dynamic between these two great actors? Yeah, I think, you know, they both bring a vulnerability and kind of an intelligent depth to each one of their characters. I think Jacob is such a, a brilliant actor, as we've seen in his um, still young career, but he's he's wise beyond his years. And I think that was extremely important for Orion um, to have somebody who could, you know, act like almost a little adult caged in this 11-year-old's body who's very smart, funny, you know, and... and super, super thoughtful about things. Um, so he brings it and he nails it from there. And then, yeah, Paul Walter Hauser is is brilliant, and Sean gets just about all the credit for that because he flagged Paul as like, I think this guy's going to be perfect for this role. And he was absolutely right. Paul bought, brought such a new dynamic to this you know, film and just elevated Darko uh, and brought him to his full potential, I feel like. Yeah, and... And I feel like Jacob sounds like a real boy, and Paul naturally sounds a little bit Muppety to me. Without, <laughs> without trying to, he has a voice that I think if you close your eyes, you can imagine he could be something other than a human. And I wanted that contrast between Orion and Dark, this idea that Dark is not human, that he is, he is like a godlike entity... And I think Paul's natural timbre and voice, it sounds a little Muppety to me. And I think that that was uh, important to me, that you hear that dynamic between the two voices. Yeah, they're fantastic. What would you tell kids or adults who are watching this who are fearing something right now or something is holding them back? Because this movie has a lot to say about that. After making this movie... What advice, what would you say to, to people feeling this way right now? Uh, from, you know, it was important to us to not shy away from the idea of, of having fear because no matter your age, whether you're 5 or 95, you're always going to have fear of some form. And I, I think it's important to acknowledge that. I think that's a big step for someone to acknowledge that and to lean into it and recognize that's always going to be there. I'm always going to be afraid, but can your capacity to handle that fear grow? And that's the real change, and that's the real lesson that hopefully resounds and resonates with everybody is um, it's going to be there, but your ability to, to deal with it is, is what true growth and true bravery is, I think. I mean, I would tell them to watch the movie. 
and it could help. Sean and Peter, congratulations on Orion in the Dark from DreamWorks. It's on Netflix this Friday, February 2nd. Watch it. Have the whole family watch it and take it all in. Thank you guys for being here today on the LCJ Q&A podcast. Thank Thanks, you. Man. Bye. I'm Lights Camera Jackson. For all these episodes, go to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Lights-Camera-Jackson.com, as well as AnimationScoop.com. Thanks for listening to the LCJ Q&A.